0: Welcome to Step Away from the Classroom, a podcast dedicated to every teacher who has ever thought about transitioning to a new career. I'm your host, Lindsay Woodard, a former classroom teacher of 20 years. My guests bring hope and inspiration to listeners by sharing their personal success stories of transitioning away from the classroom. You can find the transcript and show notes for this episode at stepawayfromtheclassroom.com. You can also join our Facebook community to connect with other current and former teachers leveraging their skills to redefine and reimagine their work lives. Today's interview features a former teacher who chose to step away from the classroom but remain in education, teaching online courses to teens. Dr. Kat Patrick now resides in her home state of Texas with her four children, all of whom have been homeschooled since birth. Since 2012, she has been running Dreaming Spires Home Learning, Inc., an American corporation that provides live online courses for homeschooled teens all over the world. Before returning to Texas, she lived in England for 25 years. Her background includes an MA and a teaching degree, both from the UK, while her PhD in literary history is from the University of Delaware. In addition to teaching high school English for Dreaming Spires, she continues to grade the UK National English exams for teens. Her hobby is showing toy Manchester Terriers' little black and tan dogs that are endangered worldwide. Hi, Kat. Thanks so much for being here today. It's great to have you.
1: Hey, Lindsay. Thanks for having me here, and I guess I should say hi to everybody else who's here listening about stepping away from
0: the classroom. Yeah, that's great. So we always like to start at the beginning. How did you become a teacher and what did your life look like once you got there? Probably like
1: many. Well, I don't know. I I sort of fell into getting into the classroom because I was finishing up my PhD over in England, even though, as as you said, it was from the University of Delaware. My project was over in England. And you're able to teach in a high school in england for private schools without a teaching degree as long as you've got some kind of uh p- phd or something like that so if you're a specialist they allow you to uh, teach in their high schools so that's how i sort of fell into it it was a job available for me with my credentials without actually having to go to um getting the the teaching degree
0: itself okay And then what were you teaching? Like what level, what subject areas?
1: (laughs) I laugh because I'm having to sort of translate some really probably odd things about the UK. So (laughs) in the UK, they have generally they have two levels of school. They have your primary school up until the age of what we would call fifth grade. And then from sixth grade to 12th grade, you're in one school together, which is just called secondary school. Okay. and when you teach in um secondary school you generally teach every grade one class of every grade so I would teach uh, I taught English and I would teach sixth seventh eighth ninth tenth eleven twelfth and they go up to 13th um mm. in their number year 13 but that's the same as 12th grade they just start okay. a year earlier so that's how they get to 13 and right. you don't You'd, I wouldn't actually necessarily teach all those grades in one year because that would be too much of a timetable but I would take I would teach you know sort of sixth seventh eighth and maybe tenth eleventh and maybe twelfth and um, they don't have um, English for sixth graders every day on Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday first period they do sort of a two-week thing period where all the subjects are numbered different numbers and so i could teach sixth grade i could teach it monday first period wednesday last period thursday third period then the next week would be tuesday last period anyway it's okay. crazy as it sounds you have to write it all down to keep it straight i think yeah i still have nightmares now of being in the wrong room at the wrong time with oh, the <laughs> But the main thing that I did like about it, two things I liked about it was that it really did teach me a kind of multi-age thinking from early on, which then when I went into homeschooling and then teaching homeschoolers, that was really useful because I have taught all the ages. And the other thing that was useful about it was that they were quite happy for you to stay with the group that you had at sixth grade. I could then teach them as seventh graders. I could even then teach them as eighth graders. And so you could grow up with them and keep them, maybe not the whole, however many, seven years, but it was quite common to stay with a group for a couple of years. And you got to be really um, close with them, I think, by doing that. So that relationship that you built with them was amazing too.
0: Right, yeah, I've looped with students before and it is fantastic. So at what point did you start thinking you might want to step away from the classroom?
1: I think it was when um, I had my first child who was quite a difficult child, quite colicky. And I could put her down to bed sort of eight o'clock at night and sit down to do my grading. Cause you know, English is a very intensive grading uh, subject plus in England most of their homework is essays. So it's a okay. lot of grading yeah, and it, it would is. get to be about 1030 and she'd wake up with a tummy ache and then I couldn't settle her again. And so it's really hard. Um, fortunately in, in England, you tend to have six months paid maternity leave. So I didn't mm. actually have to go back till she was five and a half months. Okay, But um, it was really difficult to do the job. Uh, for the rest of the year, and they were expecting me to then go full-time the next year and take on also running the library and also running drama, and yeah. I just didn't see how I could be a good teacher and a good mom with, um, you know, maybe she would have grown out of it, That that's true, but I just felt like I was doing a, a disservice to both, being a mom and and being a teacher. I just didn't feel I was doing either one very well. Yeah. And of the two to choose from, I decided that I needed to work harder at being a better mom. Um, the only way to be, get better at it was to do it and um, mm-hmm. and just, I guess, sort of sacrifice the career. And, and it was really hard for two re- three reasons, I suppose. I was really good at it. I was one of the school's most popular teachers with the students I was also probably on course to go into um the administration and and perhaps even one day be a headmistress I'm that you know when when I'm when I'm career goal oriented it's like I'm gonna go to the top so I probably could have done that as well if I'd stuck with it and then just leaving work entirely which is what I did for some time was really hard because it was like, you've gone to all this school, you've done all these studies, you've come this Mm -hmm. far, and you're just going to throw it all in for a baby. That's. It was really hard as someone who grew up with a dad who was really driven for my future and who didn't really value a lot of women's things very much. And someone who thinks kind of a feminist, you know, it's like, I should be able to have a job and a family too. And it was, it was doing my head in,
0: <laughs> hurting yeah. my
1: heart. Um, spiritually, it was really difficult to, it was actually spiritually though, it was probably the most helpful because I was praying about it one day and I, I felt like Philippians came to my head about how Jesus laid down who he was for our sake. And that helped me a lot because, I mean, if Jesus could set aside his, lordship to do what he had to do, then I could set aside my teaching career for a while and do what I had to do for my child.
0: Yeah. But I think you're speaking to two things that are so common for teachers who also happen to be mothers. You know, you have these students to serve and you have your family to serve and you never feel like you're serving either group to the best of your ability there's just too much responsibility so there's that struggle and then also what you were saying about leaving teaching is there is this sense of you know letting people down and I mean, I can't think of other professions where people go through that. But in teaching, it is so common. I think just it's because we have the heart of a servant and we always want to put other people before ourselves that we have that sense of kind of guilt and shame. But I want to say right now to all the listeners, you don't have to feel that way. You need to take care of yourself. And if it's the right time to step away, just do it. (laughs) We are here to support you. Okay, so you decided to take that step away. And what were you stepping into? Or did you just take some time and you focused entirely on your family before you decided, you know, here's something else that I want to look into?
1: I just, well, when I finished, it was summertime. So that makes it easier. Yes. You can say, I'm just going to do this for a while. Um, but because um i was going to step into homeschooling my own kids okay it's not a paid job but it's still education there's so much to learn about preschool education that i didn't know so it was actually really stimulating in a lot of ways right, yeah. and um i think also what i discovered was there, there were re- really good benefits from having the time to do things like run a household well and um, shop around for the right plumber or shop around for the best deal on things that otherwise I used to be just trying to cram into about a thirty minute period on a weekend or something. Exactly. It just I'll relate. And and I don't I don't really want to circle back to the thing about guilt, but I think one of the things that was really hard also and it's connected to this thing, but mm-hmm. it's like you know, not only are you giving up career, letting people down, blah, blah, blah. You think like, uh, you know, other people can handle juggling all this. Why can't I juggle the children and the job and the household? Where am I falling down on this? And then when I actually took out one of the pieces of the puzzle, I found that there was a lot of great enjoyment and an ability to value those things that I think I didn't have time to value, so wow. I was discovering for the first time what it's like to be a, a almost you know one hundred percent mother instead of all this other stuff I am having to juggle with it. And like I said, my my daughter was quite hard; she just didn't sleep very well at all. She was a very hard toddler. I am mm-hmm. very fortunate because she's the most lovely young adult, but. <laughs> and and i was doing attachment parenting as well and you know you you have to have time for attachment parenting so yeah. all that stuff was things that i made room for that i didn't make room for before and i thought oh there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of things that make me feel very satisfied about this that i was surprised about yes did that answer the question? I forgot what the question
0: was. Yeah, you no. Know, it's, it's so fascinating. And you know what you said about teaching forcing you to cram your home life into 30 minutes on a weekend day, that I mean just completely resonated with me. It is it's so, so true. Like everything else is just on the back burner when you're trying to juggle teaching and having a family. It is just, it's so hard. Okay. So, do you know, I, can I just pick up
1: there on something? I know this isn't yeah. one of your questions, but yeah, you. um, it reminds me of when as a teacher and in England, it's slightly different again, because they have trimesters instead of semesters. Okay, They'll have more breaks during the year, but a shorter summer. They only have about six weeks in the summer, but they've got a, a week, week long break in, in each term and then they have about two or three weeks between terms so it's all sort of spread out but I I bet teachers resonate with this it's like when you have your summer you take on all these other things that you really enjoy doing and you might you might start clubs that you enjoy you might get involved in some board for some you know like swim board or something and you start getting Uh into all these really um uh, enjoyable things and then so the then the term comes back you're like I don't have any time for all those things I was doing yeah. but um I just I just find that uh, teaching is, Hard because you do have those times off when you can do things that really are rewarding to you, but you can only do them a few months, and then it's like, ah, I got to give it all up again. And I never had the ability to sort of give those things up. So every break, I was adding more things, and it's like, oh, but you know, I've promised this, I promised that. It really was crazy.
0: Yeah, in the summer times, I would actually feel human again, like I felt well-rested and I was able to eat better and I would be able to, yeah, pursue kind of leisure activities, but it was for such a short time. And then it was all gone again when the school year started. Okay. So how did you transition into Dreaming Spires? Like what is the story of that coming to fruition?
1: it was just again connected with my own children so after my first child I ended up having three more I had them two years apart so right now they're 20 17 15 13 Mm -hmm. and when my eldest was about sixth grade Um, she was really good at English and reading and things like that. And the local kids around us were, they had just different interests. And because the English system has a different trajectory for high school than um, American schools do, and I wanted to do the American trajectory anyway, I liked the liberal arts aspect of it. So we were starting to go our different pathways with our local community of homeschoolers that basically what happened was I, I ran into online I think it was the Yahoo groups back then I think Facebook was sort okay. of in its infancy mm-hmm. but I found some people who were in different countries who wanted to do the same kind of thing which we follow the Charlotte Mason method so if you're into homeschooling okay. you'll know what that means but yeah um, I found different people with kids about the same age who wanted to go down the same path and we just started what was essentially I suppose sort of a beta course or a beta course of it with 10 teens back in 2012 and the 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 desire for families to have that just was very clear and so I would I taught my first year was middle ages literature and everyone wanted to do it again the next year in renaissance literature so I just did them but I also offered the middle ages again. And new people joined that. And so basically, for four years, I was just building a four year high school english experience with middle ages renaissance british novel and american literature okay. and and uh, made my daughter take all those <laughs> she was the guinea pig every year well, old kids always are <laughs> and then once i got to the end of that then i started thinking about other people i'd homeschooled with in england like i knew a classical civilization specialist i knew an art appreciation art history specialist i knew a creative writing specialist and i just started adding people and adding people so um now eight years later, I've got eight colleagues. We do uh, foreign languages and geography and history and um, all the things I already mentioned. And uh, we offer 25 courses from the age of sort of sixth grade and up. And um, I, I, like I said, it just sort of built and built and built. And this year, I've my oldest is obviously now at university. But my other three kids are still in junior high and high school. Between the three of them, they're taking something like 11 courses with Dreaming (laughs) Spires. Because, um, I mean, we used to have a local co-op as well. So I'd have them take two courses, either with me or one of my colleagues. But the local co-op, because of COVID, stopped meeting. And so they're just doing all their courses online with me or my colleagues. And a few things still with me. But one thing that I really appreciated about it was when COVID hit in sort of March and everything shut down in the UK, in the US, all over the world, the Dreaming Spires students were turning up as usual once a week for their live lessons. And they said, you, I'm going to cry. You're our Mm -hmm. anchor. You're the only thing in our lives right now that's normal. Right. And I just am so grateful that that whole trajectory started eight years ago. And then, you know, when everything was just going to pop for everybody, they were like, we can count on you. I was like, yeah, we're going to be here. That's
0: so amazing. It was lovely. I love how your courses just sort of organically evolved. You just kind of, you know, as they're was a need, demand, you just added more and more. I love that you were able to leverage your pre existing network of colleagues. I think things are most successful when they move in that way. Like nothing was forced. It was just step by step, very logical and, you know, is going strong. It's fantastic.
1: And I will say that I came to a point where um, I was Getting where I'd done my sort of four years of the English and thinking about expanding. But um, I didn't really have the business acumen to know what to do or how to do it. And I made use of my local SCORE chapter. That's S-C-O-R-E. And it's free business mentorship. And I think most cities and most areas will have SCORE mentors and okay. just look it up and see if there's one near you. And they give free business mentorship. And they were really instrumental in my being able to understand how to expand in an organic way and still be sort of in control of things and and be on the right side of the, the law and the legalities and the taxes and that sort of thing. And I also found a really amazing accountant. I've I've tried a couple of accountants just with my own personal finances uh-huh. would some accountants I didn't really get along with that well and um, because they they weren't they didn't really understand things um and I didn't feel really confident about them but then I found this guy who just he not only does he know everything but you know like the whole tax thing changed last year because of the new yeah. tax code and everything yeah. and i'd ask him questions and he would say you know it's new this year i'll have to go study that and look it up and i love that and and i said this to you before we started recording Teachers who leave the classroom and go into businesses and, and go into other jobs, you never stop teaching people, no matter what you go into. And this guy, yeah. he's an accountant, but he's got the heart of a teacher as well. And so he is, we're talking together. He's teaching me things. We're working through things together. And and I think that, you know, finding a good accountant, if you're, you know, sort of that big enough. Um, or that at sea enough. (laughs) Um, Or maybe you're going to go into accounting or bookkeeping or something. You'll always have that heart of the teacher with your clients. And that makes a really good person and what, you know, good person to work with in whatever you end up going into.
0: Yes. I mean, that's one of the things I really try to stress with this podcast is teachers have so many amazing skills that do transfer well into other areas. Sometimes we just get into this fixed mindset of, well, I, I trained to be an educator in a classroom. That's all I'm really good for. And that's not true. Teachers can pivot into so many other things and be highly successful.
1: I mean, how how well must people be able to Project manage.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: And plan and marshal things and multitask and yeah. keep things on task.
0: Mm-hmm. And just, it's yep. astonishing. Yes. So, teachers, you have so many valuable skills. Leverage them. Okay. So, looking back on this journey of creating dreaming spires. Is there anything that you would change?
1: I've thought about if I would have changed the time of my daughter's life when um, my maternity leave ended and I went back to teaching for six months and decided that I would leave my job. So that time between her age of five and a half months and a year, would I go back and actually have quit the job earlier and not even gone back to the classroom at all because I missed quite a lot of things with her? And I think I wouldn't because it was by going back to the classroom that I realized what I was giving up with her and yeah. what was the the struggle with juggling life, juggling a child, juggling the school and and the responsibilities at school. And so uh, I really think, no, I wouldn't change anything.
0: Okay. And what advice do you have for listeners who themselves might be looking to step away from the classroom?
1: Well, it kind of depends on the kind of person you Are you the kind who likes to make lists when you're deciding, do I leave or do I stay? And do you want a pros and cons list, are you that kind of person? Or are you the kind of person who just feels like the job is just bringing you down so much you th- you think you have to have a change and it kind of doesn't matter as long as it's a change? I mean, there's different ways of, of looking at it. I think if you're the pros cons kind of person, there's an, there's an awful lot of things that will argue for you to stay where you are and things that you just can't stand to deal with anymore and things that you... Um, can change of the things that you don't like. So there's a lot of good reasons to stay. On the other hand, there's a lot of opportunities out there for you that are different. A lot of them will probably give you more control over what you do and when you do it, particularly if you um, decide to go into some self-employed kind of business or start a business, which is quite scary to do. But um, there are a lot of opportunities and you've got, you, you've only got, you mainly got yourself to sink or swim and, and uh, it will take a while, but it's very rewarding. It's also 24 seven, but <laughs> if it's yeah. something you love to do, then it's easier to do it 24 seven.
0: Yeah. Then it doesn't feel like work. And you don't, I always want to stress too, that if you want to start your own business, you don't have to do this giant leap into it. You can continue to work in a position where you're pulling in a salary. So, you know, financially you're safe and just keep building that business on the side and give yourself plenty of time. If you can be patient, you can be successful.
1: I think, I think being patient is really important. And It's not really until probably last year. So my seventh year of doing the running the business that I felt like, yeah, we've really made it. Uh, My every year in March, we open up our registrations for the following year. And this last year I opened up in March, about March, I I think it was March the 15th or something like that. And my British novel course sold out in a week to the point that I had to open up a second British novel course. And when you get to that point where your courses are filling up before early bird period even finishes, you're like, yeah, (laughs) we're getting really popular and, um, We're serving people really well because not only is it that the numbers are good, it's the same kids signing up again. And if they've moved on to some other studies, whether it's university or in in England, often they go up to a slightly higher kind of school from the age of 16. But you get their siblings coming along. Right. And we've had people this year who who were going to that higher school at 16 and they said, no, we don't like this. We like Dreaming Spires better. And so they have quit the school (laughs) and come back to study with us. So so all those kinds of relationships we're having with the kids makes us feel like, yeah, we finally put in our time and uh, it's not so hard now to to um, build up with our students and i'm not saying that everyone's going to take 6 7 or 8 years it's partly because of the nature of being a academic year um business so people sign up in september for the whole year so it does it must grow less quickly than something where you can have a turnover all the time
0: right well i'm sure you have so many listeners thinking that- This is like, this is what I wanted teaching to be. I wanted these relationships and I wanted to continue, you know, working with students in a way that was just fulfilling and joyful. So if listeners want to know more about how you've done this, how can they connect with you?
1: I think the best way of those kind of questions would be go to my Facebook page for Dreaming Spires Home Learning. And just send me a message or on Instagram, I'm actually Kat Patrick online tutor. And that is the Dreaming Spires one. But when when, um, I did my profile name, Dreaming Spires Home Learning, it was Dreaming Spires Home because it was too long. (laughs) (laughs) So it's uh, so now it's Cat Patrick online tutor. But I'm quite happy to talk to people about um, going those directions. It's not it's not easy. And right now there's a lot of sort of flooding in the market with a lot of people trying to do this, but you might have a hobby. You might love to bake cakes. There will be people who want to have kids learn to do cakes or art or yoga. Uh, There was a guy um, during COVID in England. What was his name? It was like Mr. Joe or something. He had these daily Um, half-hour P.E. sessions on YouTube. He was all the rage in homeschoolers in England. People were setting their their clocks to go do Mr. Joe P.E. And it's just amazing what you can do with what you love to do. Exactly. There's going to be someone who wants to do it.
0: Yeah, leverage what you love. I mean, that is the way to have – A
1: fulfilling career, right? I know that, uh, is it Christy Wright with Business Boutique has a book called Business Boutique, I think. And it starts off, it's a really good business book for women. And it starts off with, you know, what is it that you love? What do you want to do? And and I do slightly worry about people who are talking on the Facebook page and things who says, I want to have a business, but I don't know what to do. And I'm thinking a little bit that sort of backwards (laughs) it's like what do you like to do can you make a business out of it can it start off small and build and how do you build it and I find organic building organically has worked the best for me but um, it just depends on your field you're going into and your connections and things like that
0: yes I agree well this has been fantastic so much great information I think many listeners are going to be inspired by your story. So I really appreciate you taking the time to be here with us today.
1: I've appreciated your asking me, Lindsay, and, and uh, helping people. I mean, by no means is this the pathway one must go in order to be successful outside of the classroom. Right. It is just one story out of many. There's no one right way to have a fulfilling career outside of the classroom. This is just one version.
0: Yep, and that's what we're here to do. Just share all these stories, all these different paths that people chose to step away from the classroom to give people hope and inspiration and hopefully formulate a plan for their own journey out of the classroom. All right, well, thanks again. Have a wonderful day. Big thanks to Gus Ditar for our theme music. You can find him at DitarMusic.com. If you know a teacher who has successfully transitioned to a new career, you can contact me at hello at stepawayfromtheclassroom.com. They may just end up as a guest on the show. And I'd like to connect with you, too. I would love to hear where you are in your teaching journey and where you think you'd like to end up one day. You can leverage your classroom teaching skills to reimagine your work life and make it extraordinary. Let's get you to where you'd like to be. If this episode has been valuable to you, consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving a rating and review. Doing so will help other teachers find the podcast as well. And who knows, they may just find their perfect path that will help them step away from the classroom too.